Do you sometimes wish that you could feel happier, maybe happier in your work or happier in your relationships or in any other area of life? Today, we're talking about happiness and some of the fallacies that go around happiness and trying to find it. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com and you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your argument style in your relationships and what you can do about it. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about happiness. Yes, I mean, we could really um, enter into a very long discussion here about what happiness is um, and how we define it. Maybe it's easier to think about what happiness isn't as a starting point. What do you think? Oh, maybe. I'm just wondering. So how happy do you feel today, Angela? Mm, I feel like on a scale of one till ten, I think I'm on a six. How about you? Yeah, I think I feel on an eight. Yeah, and that's one of the things, isn't it? It's like... You know, constantly, a lot of the time, we end up thinking, how happy are we? I could be happier. And I I find this with a lot of people that I've worked with in the past. There's that sense that, oh, I could feel happier. I want to be happy in my life. Mm. And some people seem, it's almost like this life mission where they're in search of this thing called happiness. Like it's, you know, like it's an object that you're going to find. Like you're going to go on some sort of quest, like an Indiana Jones and... You know, suddenly you'll find this magnificent obelisk, which is happiness. Yes, or the possible myth about the Holy Grail. Yes, yeah, so it's absolutely. like the Holy Grail, where, yeah. you know, it's just not like that. Mm. And I think this itself is really one of the problems, is we're looking for something that in so much of literature and so much of society is made out to be this ideal, that we should be happy. Mm. You know, and there's so many books around being happy. So many people talking about, you know, I want to be happy or, you know, how to be happy. That it feels like this is something that we should all be all of the time, which creates a really unrealistic expectation. Mm. Yes, because, I mean, just to come back to what it actually is, it's, um, it, it, I don't think there's a clear definition, isn't there, of what happiness actually looks like. I imagine that you and I might have a very different idea of what uh, constitutes happiness, what makes us happy. So it's quite an individual experience on some level, isn't it? We all have different associations with situations or uh, with, with situations that make us feel good, that make us feel content, that uh, give us joy. Um, so my idea of joy might be quite different from somebody else's experience of joy. So happiness, what is it? It's, uh, it's a subjective experience. And I think uh, another thing to kind of touch on is that um, happiness might not be something that is uh, a, a continuous experience. It's, it's not something that we experience day in, day out, all of the time. It's almost impossible, isn't it, to have that? Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, happiness, like you're saying, what is happiness? Well, it's a feeling, it's or it's an emotion. Yeah. You know, it's a way of feeling, it's a way of being. And, you know, personally, most of the time, I don't think during the average day, am I happy? But if I start to question that, then I might start thinking, maybe I'm not as happy as I could be. Because, you know, we're making some sort of comparison to something or somebody. And what is that comparison really made about? So sometimes it's actually that when we start to question 
that's when we may start to feel this sort of discontent because happiness is that feeling. And, and I think one of the key things with happiness as well is it's that absence of doubt. It's that absence of being too much in the future or the past. It's about being present here and now. Because unless we're really present, we're not able to really have that full experience of what's going on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, for me, happiness is, uh, it cannot be, uh, from my uh, experience, it cannot be a continuous experience. It's a momentary experience. Whereas I think when we think about happiness, maybe it's more helpful to think about contentment, being content with what we've got, uh, being satisfied with what we've got. Uh, and as you say, um, a lot of the time we're only aware of our lack of contentment, our lack of joy, is when we don't experience it, when we are stressed, when we've got a, a lot of um, pressure in our life, when we have relationships that are not satisfying to us, uh, when we feel low, when we experience low mood overall. So that's when this whole, this whole question comes up usually, doesn't it? Through the absence of, rather than through the experience of. Because as you rightly say, when we are content, when we do experience joy, very often we don't think, oh, I'm really happy now. Absolutely. And I mean, I've found this even with people who have trained for a long time as therapists, people that have kind of, you know, people have been on courses who um, have trained, you know, have become counsellors. I've often found that still some people will say, what I really want is just to be happy. Mm. And I think, like you said, it's, it, this sometimes is, is a challenge because, you know, th this is a state of being. It's, it's not something that you can find. It's something that you are or you're not. And if you were happy all the time, you would forget that feeling. We would become used to it. Mm -hmm. So we know happiness through also being open to the range of other feelings. It's like we know day through night. We know, you know... Contrast allows us to have that full, rich experience of, of life. Mm. And unless we're open to that range of feelings, we can't really have different feelings. You know, if we only had one feeling throughout our own lives, it would be very boring. We'd, after a while, it would be like, is this it? Mm. Um, and I think one of the things with happiness, and often people who are looking for happiness, is it's really an act of avoiding those feelings that we don't want to feel or that don't feel so comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, when there's that, that sense that there may be sadness, there may be fear, you know, sometimes you think, well, if I can just be happy, then I won't have to have those other feelings. It's like some feelings are okay and some aren't. Mm. And, and that's the challenge is that, you know, we know that the act in the act of emotional avoidance, that it's not just avoiding the things that we don't want, that also produces avoiding the things that you do want. So it's only through opening ourselves up to being able to acknowledge and kind of accept that full range of feelings and being able to sit with even the feelings that are challenging, because those feelings will pass just like happiness, because emotions are like waves. And they start from nothing, they go to a peak, and then they go back down and kind of another emotion kind of takes its place. Mm. And I think unless we're willing to experience and kind of surf those different waves of emotions, we're not, you know, we're not able to really experience the emotions that we might enjoy more when we have them. Mm. So you are saying that you can't experience happiness unless you experience a whole 
a whole range of uh, emotions, whether they're good, they're bad or ugly, they just are, yeah? They just yeah. are, and happiness or uh, joy or uh, bliss or however you want, ecstasy, however passion you want to describe uh, happiness, because it's quite a generic term, isn't it? It's just part of that whole range of emotional expression that we potentially have. Uh, and which can get hampered, of course. Uh, it can get hampered and it can get um, affected by experiences that we have. So negative experiences, experiences where um, we feel abandoned, neglected, uh, not cared for, not loved, etc. They can kind of hamper that experience of happiness, yeah, of all the range of experiences associated with happiness. So very often, and I think this is an important point as well, is that happiness is not, it's not the holy grail. It's not something that's out there um, separate from yourself. It's within us. It's something that we can resolve, so to speak, or we might have to resolve. And it can be a real struggle. Um, you know, try telling somebody who's really struggling with um, severe depression, well, you just have to be a bit happier. Think nice thoughts, think happy thoughts, and you will be happy. Of course, it doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, thinking nice thoughts is okay. I think we can do that. But it's like, you know, affirmations don't really work for a lot of people. Because, you know, I, I remember years ago, uh, like when affirmations were really popular and people would be told, like, look in the mirror every morning and mm. say, I'm happy, I'm I'm beautiful or whatever it is. But if you don't really believe that inside, you know, saying these things is it's going to have no effect whatsoever. It could make you feel worse mm. because you know you're saying something that isn't true. Mm. So essentially, you know, like you said, it comes down to those those beliefs from younger periods. Mm. And in transaction, transactional analysis, where you might explore life scripts, it's sometimes useful to think about what are these scripts that we're playing now that cause us to have this experience where we're not able to feel ha feel happy? So we might have to almost um, unearth those happy feelings or those joyful feelings. So we all have the capacity to have joyful feelings in the same way that we have the capacity to feel very to feel frightened, to feel angry, to feel sad. It's just uh, an emotion that we can that we all potentially capable of experiencing but it might be buried under a lot of rubble so to speak um, and sometimes it just requires removing the rubble taking getting it out of the way looking at the rubble looking at what is getting in the way here of having that joyful expression and experience and then we can we might free ourselves from from being more open to having experiences that are um, that can be uh, experienced as joyful, as pleasurable, etc. But when the rubble is down on us, if there's lots of stuff sitting on top of us, uh, it's really quite difficult, quite hard to sometimes connect with the potential of what's out there. Because it's always, the potential is always there. The potential for joy is always there, isn't it? Yes, and I, th I think, importantly, that rubble that you're talking about when it's down on us, that rubble is inside our mind. So mm. it's something that's been essentially constructed in our minds through mm. experience. Mm. So it's not something that's happening to us. It's something that's happening within us. Mm. And that's something that can be changed where sort of therapy, is. it can be a really useful way forwards where something may be blocking us from that. Mm. 
but also, you know, the experience of happiness is maybe very different for different people. And sometimes we get caught up as, as well in this trap, which is another script mm. where they seem to be happier than me. So maybe I'm not as happy as I should be. Mm. And I think, you know, this also gets more uh, exaggerated through social media mm. and some of the other media now where we're constantly exposed to this barrage of sort of what seems to be the, the ideal lifestyle, mm. like the influencers on their yachts, smiling and sipping champagne and all these things where, you know, it gives this illusion of what is happiness, that actually there are things you need to do to be happier, that you could have a happier life. Mm. Um, and that's, we know that that's an illusion though, which is, you know, a lot of these people really aren't happy. You'll see well, yeah, you know, yeah. a few years later where, you know, sometimes very unfortunately and tragically, these people who appeared so happy have, you know, maybe sometimes even taken their own life. Mm. Yeah, because it's more to do with inter with the internal experience. It's not, um, that's not to say that if you, for example, if you have riches in your life, I mean, I'm talking about financial riches, you are more likely um, maybe to experience, um, to have some joyful experiences. If you're always... Uh, involved, engaged in struggles, financial struggles in your life, then of course, you know, that takes you, that might take you away sometimes from from being even able to see um, the good things in life because there's such a burden that you have to carry. But it's, but again, this is a whole other <laughs> discussion that we yeah. can get into here about how your, um, your social situation, how, um, for example, your... Um, standing in society when it comes to finances, how that might affect your happiness. I think I'm sure, of course, there's a link there as well. Well, these produce different dynamics. Although yeah. in itself, wealth doesn't make you happy. Sure. In fact, many people who are wealthy are pretty miserable. They kind of worked with quite a lot of people in that sort of situation. Mm. In fact, you know, some people say that well, there's a certain baseline that some research suggests you need a certain amount mm. to, to which helps you stop being worried. Mm. But that's different for everybody. Mm. But when you get beyond that, in fact, wealth can multiply your unhappiness and your worries. That's something else that sometimes has been discussed. And I remember years and years ago, I was uh, in another country. I think it was, uh, I think it was in India, and there was, um, there was, there was a, uh, there was a monk. I think it was a Buddhist monk at a temple, and we were being told the story that this was somebody who I think was a very, you know, one of the richest people in Japan who really realized he wasn't happy with his life gave up gave away all of his money to become a very to have a very humble life as a monk sure. and within this he found happiness so you know, i think you know it is a very subjective thing but of course you know a certain baseline and depending on the society and the structures we live in you know there is a certain amount that obviously does contribute to being able to kind of be without certain worries. And I think that's the key thing is that for many people, you know, happiness involves the absence of certain things like worries, that chatter in your mind, where there's this constant dialogue in the mind. What happens if, mm. what happens if I can't pay my bills? What happens if the bailiff comes around? What happens if I go to jail, whatever it happens to be when we're consumed by worries, this gives that real sense that we're not happy. Sure, but some of these worries are more real, so to speak, or more based on reality than others. Yeah. So if I uh, I have to struggle for my survival or my children's survival on a daily basis, of course, that's a real concern, isn't it? That's about survival on a very basic level. 
and and it might be much harder for me than to to go around and appreciate the joys in life so there's a reality here there's something about choice i think the more choice you have potentially in life the more um happy you can become so if you're rich and you decide to give all your money away that's a choice yeah that you can make whereas if you're very uh, if you struggle with poverty you might not have that choice your choices are more limited that is not to say however and this is where it gets all very complex and i don't think we can resolve it in this one podcast uh whereas of course there might also be people on this planet who have very little and still they would describe their life as fulfilling and joyful so there are various factors that come in yes there's this huge amount of subjective experience and it's you know a lot of this is in terms of a construction of a story from society and the, the society that we live in as well. Sure. Um, so how we're able to experience joy. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've certainly met people from all different kind of economic backgrounds where, you know, people have found joy in life with very little. Mm. And I've met people with, you know, who've had lots of money who experience very little joy in their perceived way of being. Mm. So, yeah, there's, you know, there are lots of factors involved with this. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, it's that, essentially, it's that what we do in our minds creates that experience. And for you, it's like, what is, what would you say happiness is for you? How do you know if you're happy? Well, I think for me, it very often ties into these, um, uh, to some extent, to these kind of existential givens um, that, you know, I have meaning and purpose in my life, um, that I am connected, that I have uh, fulfilling relationships with other people, um, that I am, I'm not dying yet. I've still got time to do all sorts of exciting things in my life. So it sort of ties in with with these kind of qualities. I think with the existential qualities. Um, if they are all aligned, so to speak, then I'm very content. Uh, but when I'm out of sync with any of those, then I notice that I get uh, dissatisfied. I get um, well, how can I describe it? Obviously, you know, my my mood gets affected. And I know, I know, of course, mood fluctuates constantly, doesn't it? It's never stable, always goes up and down. If in any of these categories there's a very serious upset or imbalance, then that will definitely my uh, affect my level of happiness. Yes, I mean, that, that can be interesting to explore as well. I mean, mm. uh, for me, I'm not so guided by the uh, existential sort of theories. It's, it's something that I find interesting, but it doesn't, you know, for right. me, again, that's this subjective, subjective area. But for me, with happiness, happiness is very much about being present in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm in, you know, walking down the street, whether I'm in the garden, whether I'm on holiday, whether I'm, you know, just at home, I can experience that feeling of just being very much present with what I'm doing. And I think for me, that is that feeling of happiness or contentment. Mm-hmm. It's more when I start to question, do I have enough of this? Do I not have enough of this? You know, sometimes it when we come to some of these existential concerns, I think often that can draw away from happiness to me because there's that sense like, you know, should I be, you know, should I be have more meaning in my life? Do I have enough meaning? Then suddenly I think maybe I'm not happy because I haven't got the right sort of meaning in my life. So sometimes, you know, I think some of the existential concerns can actually start to have that create too much chatter in the head where we start to think we haven't got enough you know and again it's relating you know how we frame things the mind our mind can take us out of happiness like you said you know one of the things is 
you know, I'm not dying yet. Mm. Well, you know, some people say as soon as you're born, you're dying. And it just takes, you know, hopefully takes a long time. And again, if that's in my mind, because I know people from the age of 20 or 25 or 30 who are very aware that of their mortality and can't feel happy because they think I could die at any moment. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not arguing. I'm just to be clear. I'm not arguing that if you're constantly preoccupied with these five ex existential givens that you're going to be happier. What I'm saying is that they are they give me a, a guiding principle, so to speak, about areas of my life that might need a bit more rebalancing. Mm. So I might, for example, uh, realize that actually, yeah, I'm not feeling so I'm feeling a bit more down or a bit lower because I haven't connected enough with friends. I haven't seen enough friends, for example. I do that and I know that gives me joy. Yeah, that's something that gives me a lot of satisfaction. Or I've done, um, I've done a piece of artwork, which for me creates some sort of meaning and purpose also in my life. I can, I've got the capacity to create something, to be creative. That is important to me. So it's more about uh, using these um, areas of, of existentialism to kind of to, to look at what, what's, you know, what's going on here. What am I experiencing in life? Or what is it that I'm lacking at the moment that I need to maybe rebalance look at again etc because i absolutely agree with you it's not about rumination um, it's not about sitting there all of the time and thinking uh, what do i need to do am i doing the right thing it's not about questioning all of the time but and i also just to come back to a point that you made there tom which i think is really important the sort of not living in the past and not living in the future is really important isn't it the the being in the here and now is generating because you can't connect with uh well, maybe you can. It's an interesting... Well, joy is a moment or any kind of emotional experience that you have is in the here and now. You might think about it cognitively. Your cognitions might relate to the past or the future, but the actual feeling, the embodied feeling that you have is in the here and now. And if you want to experience joy, you're, doing, you're going to experience it in the here and now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just to pick up on one thing that you said as well... You know, not, not from the existential perspective, but more in terms of something that I think is really important, which is you know, being able to live that life of value. Mm -hmm. So what makes a life of value to you? So what are the things that are really important? And like you said, that could be connection. Mm -hmm. It could be sort of being kind. It could be being loving. What are these things that are, make life of value to you. And I think one of the things is when we're clearer, when we start to explore what makes life of value to us, and we're not talking about specific goals. Goals are different values. Values are like a direction. It's like a compass where we have north, east, south and west. And values, we never get to them, but we're always moving towards that. For example, being more loving, being kinder, being having gratitude, they're things we constantly do. Whereas a goal is something you have, like having a big house, mm. which ultimately people often get confused with. They think, if I have this goal, if I have this object, if I have this car, I'll be happy. Mm. But these things don't make you happy. They, you know, some things may help you feel more content, may take away some of the worries because relating to your own life scripts, mm. but in themselves... Physical things don't create happiness. No, uh, it's not about, again, it's about, happiness is not this, it's not about external, it's not about external objects out there. It's more, it's something that you generate from within. Mm. Um, 
And it takes some practice also, doesn't it? Um, it might, I think it, it does take some practice to really focus on the good things in life, so to speak. Um, because uh, it, it takes more practice because, of course, we have a negativity bias. We're generally, for evolutionary reasons, are more focused on the negative aspects of life or experiences that we have because that guarantees our survival. The more we have to look out more uh, for the things that could be a threat to us. And I think we have to work much harder at looking at aspects in life that are positive. Yeah? Well, I think that's an interesting one because I think, isn't there potentially a risk when you start labeling things as positive or negative? Well, Isn't point. some of this the label? Sure. And I think the problem is we then start to try and avoid those things that we label as negative. Mm. And again, this comes into avoidance. That I think part of being able to experience the full richness of life and really being open to happiness is knowing that there are different things that are out there. There's different things that we label with our minds and it's different for different people as being positive or negative. And that itself can be challenging. I think it's being open that there are these different experiences. And in order to really tap into and experience emotions fully, you have to be open to all of these experiences, whether we want to put a label of positive or negative. Good. Okay. You know, we can yeah. surround ourselves with a community that we see as positive. But essentially, if you do that, what we're doing is avoiding some other things we might label as negative. And I don't think it really works. Yes, we need to be open the, to that yeah. full richness yeah, of yeah, experience. Be, yeah, because the experiences are there. They're going to happen to us whether we like it or not anyway. Mm. It's just going to happen. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. That's a good observation to get away from this idea of good and bad, yeah, positive or negative. Yeah, I mean, of course, the things in life, if you don't particularly enjoy doing, it's not about going and making yourself do them. <laughs> like, you know, if, if you have never had, a, like, desire to have sort of uh, piercings... <laughs> and you think the whole idea sounds really unpleasant. It's not like go and get pierced just to experience the unpleasantness of being no, pierced. No, sure. But it's about, you know, it's about sort of things. There are things in life that, you know, we don't we don't need to avoid. They're not always the things we really think we want. But by avoiding them, we're essentially maybe limiting ourselves from the potential from having other aspects of happiness. Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting question because who doesn't want to avoid pain, um, and who doesn't avoid want to avoid being hurt, for example? Um, of course, we all try to get away from it, but it's not so much um, as you say. It's not so much about getting away. From, you know, you can't get away from it because you will have emotional experiences, emotions that you experience as not pleasurable. But there's something about how you relate to them. That's yeah. really, yeah, that's the choice, maybe. And it's that short-term avoidance or short-term, trying to get short-term happiness generally leads to longer-term woes. Mm. So those things that give you maybe momentary joy, whether that's drugs, alcohol, or whatever it happens to be, will often lead to longer-term, um, less fulfilling or less happiness. Whereas when we start to look at these longer-term things that involve struggle, like, you know, people who get a lot of it, uh, fulfillment from something, they're usually a struggle along the way. Mm. Like people I know, um, I've been to someone recently who ran a marathon mm. and, you know, exploring what, did you enjoy the process? And it's like most of the time, no, but finishing it was that exhilaration. So sometimes there is the struggle, there's working through those things that may be experienced as more discomfort, mm. which ultimately leads to that greater sense of fulfillment, happiness and pleasure.
Yeah, because there's meaning in it and purpose. Yeah, and it's like, you know, avoiding things. We can avoid discomfort, like we can avoid going to the dentist. But in 10 years, when your teeth are falling out and you're experiencing huge pain, Mm. it's thinking we need to be able to accept and being open to some of these more challenging experiences because in the long term, that's where we can really, you know, open up to whatever we label as happiness. Mm, yes. Yeah, because it's about experiencing the whole range of uh, emotions that mm. we can have, of course, and being open to that. Yeah, so we can't get away from it. There will be disappointments, there will be hurt, there will be pain, Yeah, mm. It's unavoidable. Um, that's kind of what we're saying here. And and there's always the, um, the sense, of course, of that you can uh, experience happiness uh, or aspects of happiness as the absence of the feelings that you don't enjoy yeah so it's the opposite of it yeah Mm. yeah great well i think we're kind of going to wrap this up for today um and please tune in again next week uh and if you want to find out more about how to improve your relationships head over to the relationshipmaze.com speak to you next week take good care bye bye